right, welcome to Chaps Dark Side Podcast, Episode 6. In this episode, we have a very close and dear friend of mine, a team that I've been working with for years, numerous numbers of years now, and countless numbers of investigations, and uh, even more countless numbers of gag reels that we've managed to uh, create with these guys here. So uh, without further ado <clears throat> on this fledgling podcast that I've got going and seeing how it moves forward, we've got Wes Coleman of the Correctional Officers Paranormal Society. Hey, Wes. Hey, how you doing there, Dave? Well, I'm doing pretty good. You're always loud. So... Hey, uh, listen, just before we get started, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, we, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. And second of all, uh, you know, we're really thinking about you with everything that's going on with you, with your uh, medical issues, and uh, we're hoping they find the answer soon. And you know, we're all behind your butt, and uh, if there's anything I can do, you know, just you, you know where to find me. Well, of course. Well, we are recording, but that's okay. It's a perfect opening message. Uh, and yeah, uh, it, all that is, it is what it is, and during COVID times and all that noise, you know that everything gets fluttered about and, and all that. It is what it is. I've got to deal with it. At least uh, I'm fitting into clothes that I did when I was in junior high. So uh, that's a good thing. You know, I mean, uh, you deal with you deal with the symptoms, uh, and it is what it is. And I know at least now with the team, I'm not as able to get out. But then again, at this point in time, really none of us is able to get out all that much. But uh, I've been doing a lot more focus on um, on case management, and historical backgrounds, uh, as well as finding little experiments and stuff that you can do. Uh, or finding evidence that I can have them review and see and learning learning curves and that noise in which case I've found you know you kind of you kind of figure out what an investigat is that's kind of a term I've, I've quoted you know an investigat which is just obviously that person that just wants to show up at an investigation uh, for the cool factor and then um, well beyond that that's 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 what they do right and uh, you know it's it's a good challenge for the people now, of course, your team is is much smaller. I mean, uh, so so do you find that a, a challenge? You know, like, I mean, we, we've got a couple of investigations going, safety protocols and all that noise, but teams are smaller for it. And uh, we now quote about eight weeks before we can get in there so that we can get history, any tests we're going to do, everything all, all wrapped up so that when we get in there, it is a well-oiled machine. How's how has COVID affected you guys for that? Well, it's it's obviously been very difficult. Um, I think we're a little bit more on the ultra safe side when it comes to investigations right now, just because if we happen to contract it and bring it into the prison, um, I mean that's a whole system that's really messed up. So um, we've kind of went on our own kind of self quarantine over the last six months. Uh, we haven't done anything. I haven't done anything with uh, with Richard. Obviously, I can't, you know, freely flow into the, the United States or England. Um, I had several trips to England planned this year that were, you know, quashed, and and also the United States. Um, Likewise. But our, our biggest problem is is we all work shift work as correctional officers so to get everybody lined up to do an investigation generally speaking somebody has to take a day off or um, we have to work around our schedules get somebody to work for us so 
it's a bit of a challenge, but uh, you know, we, we make do and we try our very best to uh, help as many people as we can. I'm, I'm finding kind of a, a different yet similar challenge. Like, I mean, obviously there's, there's, there's 20 members to CHAPS uh, from here up to the Ottawa Valley. Uh, we have a significant number of people on the team right now that are on the DL. Uh, you know, one had a heart attack, one's battling cancer. Like we had just a heap, right? And then some are, are quarantining, of course. And then the ones that are actually able to get out and do things are all pretty new. We, we did an investigation on Ghost Road. And you know we don't do outdoor investigations, but it was more like a, look, let's just get something to do to get you going, you know? Uh, it, was, it was a great challenge because it was like, this isn't something we do, so let's see what you do to make the best of it. What, what kind of an investigation can you make out of a dirt road? Uh, I gotta be. I gotta tell you, I'm actually pretty impressed with what they did, because um, they managed to make a dirt road into a three-hour investigation. That's that's great. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. to, to me, uh, especially when they're new, because I realized when they went up there and I gave them the a box of equipment. I just I just gave them some old stuff, and I'm like, okay, just go take this, this, and this, and, and just do. And I only ever got one phone call saying, "How do I turn this on?" But other than that, they figured it out on their own. It was, uh, it was, I, I, it gave me a bit of confidence in moving forward. And, and we have a, an investigation at our Lightning House, which is a place we haven't been able to dispel yet. And it's two newbies. There's only two of them going. And it's like this: we're going to make a plan, a roadmap ahead of time of what you're going to do, and it's up to you. And because we've done we've done this client five or six times, they've got a bit of a gap room. You know what I mean? Like it, it, you know, we've we've brought this cup this people evidence before, so you know, it's it's I'm confident that they can enjoy that. And I know that. Yeah, you're right. I guess having you and Chris and Darren in the same place at the same time itself is challenge because you guys are all in the same same place, aren't you? You're all in the same. Terry's moved. Yeah, we are. But. I, I, I know I still see Terry's stuff all over the place, but um, uh, do you guys, you guys, you have worked with mediums and that? Is it uh, Shimmerhorn you work with? Or? Yeah, we were for a while there. We kind of uh, branched off. Uh, Terry's decided to go uh, his separate way with uh, Carrie Lynn. And uh, they're kind of focusing more on children um, uh, in the par like in the paranormal, um, kids that have... Um, uh, you know issues with uh, hauntings and uh, so it's uh, they've decided to kind of do their own thing which is fine I mean uh, um, you know everybody goes at some point goes their separate way and finds their own way and uh, we're completely supportive hey well that's almost like what chip coffee did that for a long time uh, the whole paranormal kids thing and uh, I think there's something to it kids are more open-minded right so Good on him. Good on him. I like Terry. Well, the, the chip coffee thing, you know, once he started doing his pajama parties, I just couldn't keep up anymore, so. <laughs> How am I supposed to follow that? Come on. Man. So, um, one of the things that you guys, I, I always admired is that you were, you're, you have a, a, a rather decent mindset when it comes to equipment. You know, uh, you do have your your uh, more advantageous approach to some of the newer stuff, but you're very pragmatic. I appreciate that, and uh, you're realistic. And frankly, as I've given credit to you guys on about 
30 different shows that uh, our our habit of using headphones uh, as a parabolic on the audio we got from you guys way back from when you know we were working together uh, you know when you guys were, were a fairly fresh team and as I was always saying that you know take your head out of your ass uh, learn from people and I thought that it was stellar and I tried on those headphones and I was like holy shit look at that what a difference right um, just to make you feel more involved with the game if anything it's uh, it's something else it's something we do to this day so I wonder like is there any kind of equipment you're more more what are you more attached to these days what are you less attached to what are you losing faith in what do you want well, first of all, I, I mean, I have to give Darren all the credit. Uh, there, there's there's two uh, two others other than myself in uh, COPS, Correctional Officers Paranormal Society, Darren and Chris. And Darren is our tech guy, and he puts together stuff like that. And it's all experimental. Um, you know, we just want to see how new equipment works. And, you know, if, if it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And uh, he's been extremely instrumental in uh excuse the pun, instrumental, uh, in, uh, you know, putting together all these pieces of equipment. And uh, I'm glad and thank you very much for recognizing that. Um, but with respect to equipment, um, you know, obviously the audio recorder is, you know, primary and I'm sure, you know, other people have said that too. I know that's your number one um, go-to. Um, and then there's, you know, other toys that, I mean, it's, none of it is really um, proof that there's paranormal. There's, there's, none of it is really gives you an idea that, you know, something is 100% paranormal. It, all it does is give you indications and it's all experimental. So, um, you know, there, there's not a lot of pieces of equipment that I really put 100% of my thought into other than the audio recorder um, because there's too many other things that, uh, can affect the uh, equipment. Um, you know, people say the K2s aren't good anymore. People say EMFs have no uh, place in, in paranormal study. And uh, who knows, right? I, again, it's it, it's all experimental, and uh, and uh, we don't really know, you know, what the results are going to be until we actually try to piece stuff together. I know I jumped off camera for a second there. That's one of the great technical difficulties that happened. My video camera was running low on juice, and I just wanted to make sure I had your pretty face on. So the video will have a in it. But we're recording again. So, yeah, I mean, what's the one great thing about equipment, right? Like, I don't know about you, and, and here's, here's, one of the, here's one of the things that Darren, uh, Darren Thomas uh, did for us. Uh, we have uh, a bunch of night, night shot illuminators that we use with our, our cameras. Top of the line, honestly. Uh, it's, uh, it's really great to have that at an arm's length. And, uh, of course, you know, I can't overstate the relationship that we have with cops. Uh, frankly, I mean, probably the closest team we know uh, have been there for us for everything. And uh, we've been there through a lot of journeys together, be that good and bad journeys. Uh, you know, we've certainly been shoulders for each other. And well, you know, you were really the start of, of COPS. I mean, you really, uh, you know, I came to you uh, when I had the idea to form COPS um, because I definitely wanted to get somebody with a pragmatic approach to the paranormal that I could, you know, basically copy. 
um, to get uh, you know as much information on how to do paranormal investigations. And I mean, we've come a long way. I remember our first meeting in Tim Hortons, however many years ago that was, with Sandy, and and uh, you provided a lot of information, and you kind of took us under your wing and and brought us out onto investigations and showed us the ropes and. Uh, you know, we're really grateful for everything you've done for us and uh, you know, always enjoy getting together with you guys. We always have a few laughs. We always enjoy ourselves. And, you know, when push comes to shove, we're also there for, you know, the important stuff too. And, and uh, you know, your team is awesome. You know, uh, we all get along fine. And uh, we've had some great adventures like old prisons, like Ohio State Reformatory, Moundsville, um, also, the, uh, the the naval shipyard in Buffalo, um, yeah. just to name a couple. You know, um, I mean, we've had we've had great times together, and uh, you know, a lot of that uh, success and and enjoyment and fun we we owe to you, and we thank you very much for that. Well, I thank you, and, and for us, you know, it's so important as a team to know that you've got that kind of brotherhood out there. Because let's face facts, there are lots of teams out there that are looking to piggyback on something and or and then eventually just uh, shit talk you in the end or whatever. I, I mean, people are going to go the way they go and I find that pragmatic teams tend to stick together. The teams that are looking for that uh, kapow we're, we're famous, they, they stick together. So I don't really care to be with them. And is there any equipment that you've um, kind of like gone yeah, you know what, after using this for a while I, I, I don't think so. Or I, I doubt it will ever. Well, you know, I bought one of the first Ovulus 3s, and uh, I had a lot of faith in that. I heard lots of great stuff about it. And, you know, both you and I, we both have had successes with the Ovulus. Um, but, you know, it seems to be repetitive. And uh, I, I kind of question it, even though a lot of people find, uh, find it very, very helpful. Um, and they say the Ovulus 3 is the best out of them all. Um, I know you can't buy them anymore. I know they go on eBay for like seven or $800 American. So um, it's, it's crazy. So I've got one, but I, I, I don't have as much faith in it as I used to. Um, but you know, like all of these pieces of equipment over time, you, uh, you, you start using it and it's like something you really like right away. And then it kind of wears on you and you kind of think, you know, ah, you know, like, I don't know, it's, it, it's good, it's, it may be a good indication that something might be going on, but is it 100% reliable? Well, no, I mean, nothing is right at this point. So, um, for me, I'm kind of straying away, like, the more and more I, uh, uh, you know, I've branched off to work with uh, a little bit with Richard Estep, uh, who is a paranormal author out of the States, and he's kind of shown me a lot of different things as well. Um, and I find that if you're engrossed too much in the equipment and what's going on with the equipment, then you're missing a lot of what's going on in the investigation. And I'm not personally, I've kind of changed the way I thought about, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I doing the paranormal? It used to be like, oh, you know, like I want to get the piece of evidence that makes everybody believe that yes, there is, you know, paranormal, there is ghosts, there is spirits, but now it, it's changed a lot for me. Now it's, it's, it's like I want to try to prove it to myself. 
and then I'll give that information to other people, whether they want to believe in it, they don't want to believe in it, that's completely up to them. Mm -hmm. But my primary thing is is myself and, and the things that I can learn from the field by doing all the different various pieces of equipment. Um, but as I say, the biggest thing to me is proving it to myself. And I've had some crazy experiences over the last year that have definitely changed my mind. Good. Yeah, I know just for the short stint of equipment, uh, you know, you're right. I can't tell you, like, I, we've been through kind of like the same phases, right? And it's like you get the phase where you want to buy all the toys and look like, you know, you, you walk in like an armored tank and people are like, holy shit, these guys must be amazing. And then, uh, you know, I got the, I got that, I had the STS, SLS, Connect, whatever you want to call it, built for me. Didn't cost me anything. So, and I beta tested it. Got to be honest. I watch people and their results on that. I kind of laugh at it. Um, I'm waiting for the golden unicorn to walk across the screen to prove me wrong. Uh, that's one thing. But I do find that uh, most of my equipment now has gone into archive boxes. You know, I've got one primary case where it's like, I know I use this stuff pretty much all the time. Boop. And I got like three cases of, well, we'll choose this this time, this this time, because I don't want to load the car. And you're right. Where well, I remember, do you, you remember back when I bought those big sixteen hundred dollar production cameras, and they had the harnesses on the shoulders. I hated those investigations because a, I was the only one that knew how to use them, and b, like so my whole investigation was trying to figure out the sixty one buttons that I had to hit. Oh, where's white? Here's white filter here. I've got to pull back on my fade and. Yeah, I wasn't investigating anymore. I was filming a show. Um, so I hated it. I really hated it. So now, you know what? Audio, camera, video, maybe a thing or two here. But 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 the I you're right, I wanna have that interactive experience. Uh, you know, it's like we did Ashmore or or many of the bigger prisons and that kind of stuff. When you're there, who care like that's why you have to be, that's why I've got other bodies there, because I want them to carry the stuff. When we were at uh, West Virginia, I didn't carry anything. I just walked around, because I, I don't give a damn. They're going to get it. I want to get it. I want to feel I want to smell this place, you know? And uh, you definitely, once you've, once you've felt it, you want it a little more. Uh, because now you want to prove it why, or was I just thinking about it? Was it, am I giving myself the creeps? Was I, damn it, it it's such a, it's such a field, eh? like, uh, the paranormal when you get into it. So, you mentioned Richard Estep, and I realized, uh, by looking into Richard, and I know he's going to be on a further show, uh, that he's written, I don't know, 35,000 books. Um, he's certainly written a lot more books than I thought he had. Most paranormal authors that, that I've come across write two or three books, and they live off that. He's, he's written more books than I... Each time I look, I find another book that he's written. Um, he, seems, he seems a quiet quiet type, frankly. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the work with, with uh, Richard, the Estes Method? Like, I don't, without going into details, because I know he's going to do it, but can you give me the Coles notes on, on how things are with him? Well, first of all, uh, like Richard and I, we, we got started um, through a lovely friend of ours from England named uh, Corinne Bassant. Um, who actually uh, invited me up to do the Edinburgh vaults um, and uh, different places in Edinburgh as well 
Um, and it was through her that um, I met um, Richard. Uh, she she had done an investigation with him at a place called the Jamaica Inn in Cornwall, and oh, she said, "Well, you guys are going to be great together. Like you guys think the same. Um, you guys would get along. Same dark, bad sense of humor." Um, and so he, I, we exchanged information basically, and uh, I started talking to him, and he invited us to a jail. Um, back in 2018, the fall of 2018, Cripple Creek uh, Jail, which is in Colorado, it's like an old west town, incredible place, and uh, he invited us to go there to do an investigation, so Chris, Darren, and I uh, went there, and uh, we had a great time, what a fabulous place, the history was amazing, that's another thing about the paranormal, the history mm -hmm. is incredible that you learn about these different places. Um, so we, we, we did the investigation there, and he also took us to um, the Stanley Hotel, and uh, we kind of did, uh, he used to be a tour guide there, yeah, so yeah. he took us a lot of inns there, and he was able to give us uh, an unofficial uh, tour of the place uh, with some investigation involved in there too, which was remarkable, what an incredible historic place that was. And we just kind of all seemed to hit it off. and. Uh, and then after that, we, we kind of decided to, uh, he, he asked us to go to other different places, which um, Darren and Chris are, you know, we're all busy in our own lives. And Darren is, uh, you know, has a bar down in Ecuador and uh, Chris has a young family. So um, they weren't able to go on some of the extra things that I was able to go on. Um, but we've done... Uh, uh, several books together. Um, I've helped him with several of his books. Um, uh, the The Hanging Pit, which is his latest one, is about Bodmin Jail in England. I was over there with him, uh, an incredible location. And uh, before that, it was um, Gacy's Ghost is the name of uh, the book, and it's uh, and that was a over a week investigation at the Haunted Art Theater by owned by the, the amazing Robin Terry, as, as you know. And, uh, you know, it just we just seem to jive with everything. Um, just we get along well, and uh, we've been to different uh, paranormal conferences, and uh, uh, he's really, uh, you know, become a really good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, in the latest book, he does a dedication to my, uh, to my son, and uh, that was extremely heartwarming for myself, which, uh, you know, I, I can't express into words how that, uh, that feels. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's where it kind of sits. Okay, so obviously then I'm going to have to start competing in friend zone wars here now with Richard. So, <sighs> you're going to hurt. I, I didn't hear what you said. So that, that, that now I'm going to have to start competing in friend zone wars with Richard. Oh, yeah, well, you have to do what you have to do, right? <laughs> so, how are things uh, going out there in, uh, in Picton, where you guys have the the heights? Good. Um, well, it's been all placed on hold this year because of the COVID. Um, as uh, you're well aware, it's a paintball facility uh, in normal operating hours, and he's had to really cut back on his business as far as the amount of participants he's allowed to have. Um, during a day. So that's kind of put a hold on things. Um, we just kind of got the green light um, 
a few days ago um, saying that uh, he might have a couple of dates open, but the problem is, is uh, he's got to make up for lost time, right? So he's, he's lost a few months of paintball. Um, and he, he does night paintball too, believe it or not. And the military comes in there and, and uh, does the night paintball and it's very popular as well. So, you know, uh, it's, it's tough to, uh, you know, to get in there to, you know, do paranormal stuff, but he, he's promised me that, you know, he'll arrange something for me. Yeah. Well, Wes, this has been a lot of fun. Is there any shout outs, any uh, closing words, remarks you'd like to, to say? Um, I don't think so. I mean, the one thing I kind of wanted to make clear, um, which is, you know, the way I think about things has changed a lot. Um, one of the one of the places that really changed my mind in February, we did um, the Bel Air House oh, yes. in Ohio, oh, wow. yeah. and uh, it was off the charts. I have never been to a location that. You know a small location I mean we look at the places we've been to we've been to like you know massive prisons and you know we've had little bits and pieces of evidence here and there and or that we classify as evidence but the the stuff that happened in that house really changed the way I think about the paranormal um, I actually visibly saw my first um, uh, poltergeist activity with my own eyes and, and you know me I'm I'm my integrity, my credibility, you know, I would not compromise that for anything. So when I say I see something, I saw it. I mean, to the viewers or listeners out there, that's, you know, again, up to you. But I know what I saw. Um, uh, there was this, uh, and I'll tell you what it was. They had this piano, and it was in the middle of the hallway of this house. And this house is like a, uh, it's on, people believe that it's haunted because of, it's on ley lines, and if you read up about ley lines, it'll, you know, it'll give you information how that can cause a lot of uh, activity. Right. Um, but we actually saw this. It was like a, a vine that was uh, growing on this um, this candlestick that was on top of this piano, and it started shaking violently. And uh, I'm looking at it, and unfortunately, you know, it's it's kind of like the Scooby Doo thing. I'm I'm the only one that can see it. The other two are sitting on a couch that's on the other side of the room, of so they didn't have the view I had. And the thing started shaking violently. I went over, I tried to debunk it the best I can, no drafts, no vents. I mean, you're in a house, it's sealed. I uh, couldn't really figure out um, what it was that you know was causing this thing to shake. And in my mind, I just thought, okay, that's, that's the coolest experience I've had so far. And that was on the very first day, and we slept four nights in that house. That's awesome. And if you know me, I always tell you, I don't like to sleep at a location that I'm investigating because you just, you kind of leave yourself open and you're vulnerable because when you go to sleep, you, you know, you don't have any control. So that was, that was pretty, uh, pretty scary, um, I guess, if you want to call it that. Awesome. Um, interesting, exciting. There and there's is there, um, is there a video? Another uh, experience in a room where I started tearing up and getting very upset. And I'm not like that at all. Like I'm not. Oh, you know me. Like I'm. I'm just. You. you know, I'm a prison guard, right? So. Yeah. But uh, it was such a 
an emotional thing, and, and the woman uh, that owns the house, uh, Kirsten Lee is her name, fabulous woman, fabulous woman. She later told us that, you know, there was an assault in that room um, of, of, of a sexual nature, and uh, it, uh, and it's going to be in a book too. There'll be a book about that house too. I mean, it was incredible. So I was getting all these feelings um, of, of uh, you know, this, this oppression. And, uh, and, and, and then the last, the last kind of big thing that happened is we, there, there was only three of us on the investigation and we were upstairs and it was the last night and it was about 4 a.m. And we asked the spirits, we were doing an EVP session if they wanted us to leave. And, uh, you know, we didn't get any response or anything like that. And we're like, okay. Um, so we talked a little more for another half hour or so. Then we went downstairs. Well, the back door was wide open when we came downstairs. Uh, you know, and all the doors were locked. There's only three of us. We account for each one of us. Um, can't figure out how that door got open. Um, we actually, we went ballistic. When we saw the door open, we thought somebody had broken in. We, we combed the house, you know, uh, screaming at people like, if you're in here, you better get out because you're dealing with, you know, Richard Estep is, is a big guy too. He's like six foot four. So, you know, we weren't going to take any crap, but there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing in that house. That's cool. Um, so, it, I mean, that place really changed my mind where I used to be so pragmatic and, and so um, all about the evidence. But now that I, I've got this 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 uh, spiritual component, this, um, you know, uh, I don't know really how to explain it, but it, it's non-physical. The metaphysical. So yes. well, at one time I was like 95% to 100% you know, all about the evidence, all about proving things. And now it's like, you know, I, ca I can't dismiss the things that happened to me in that house. And uh, I, I suggest to you and your team, if you ever get a chance, you know, uh, Kristen Lee, like, she, like, like, you got to get down there. Like, it, you'll have an incredible experience. Oh, that was our plan. Did you ever get that, any of that, like, that investigation on video at all? Or is it, is it, uh, uh we don't do a lot of video. Um, we did once that once I saw the uh, the uh, vine kind of shaking violently. We did put cameras in that hallway, um, but most of ours is like audio. Yeah. We do the audio stuff and the Estes method, you know. And I guess we didn't really get into that either. But uh, the Estes method is is incredible, incredible way to uh, you know again blew my mind how that stuff works. You know, a lot of people don't like the spirit box, but uh, if you use it the right way, um, it can give you results, you know. And, and I'm not saying that it's, you know, that's the piece of equipment or anything like that, but uh, because I never had any faith in it before. I just thought it was loud, irritating, like it just, you know, destroyed the environment at an investigation. But when you do the Estes method, you're plugged into it and you have headphones on and you're blindfolded. Yeah. And you're hearing the spirit box, you know, the white noise and everything in your ears. So you can't hear what in another investigator is asking questions. And the stuff that you hear from the spirit box, you're spitting out. Right. Um, so you'll hear words and spit out, but you don't know what the questions are. So if the quest if the answers relate to the questions, I mean, it's incredible. So, and we, we had that so much at the Bel Air House. Like, so, it was... 
So it's like it was spot on, like a lot, of, a lot, and of not problems. obvious. A lot of very, very. Sorry. What? No, sorry. A lot of blind. So like a lot of blind testing. Yeah, like it's it's double blind and even triple blind. Sometimes we get an investigator that's not even at the location ask questions across the internet, mm -hmm. um, you know, across Facebook or something like that, and the answers still come out. And you know, as I said, they they were they were very non obvious words that would come out. Like I got I got goat, you know, like what the heck is goat, right? So we obviously we record everything. Um, and then we talked to the owner after, and she said, well, Goat is the name of the gardener at the Belair house back like 10 years ago or whatever. Like that was his nickname, Goat. Nobody would have known that. Yeah. Um, I got, we got the name Proctor, you know, and when I think of Proctor, I think of Salem, you know, Salem, Massachusetts, the Proctor house, that sort of thing. Um, so I'm thinking, why would I get Proctor? Well, that was the name of a tenant that was in the house previously, too, that we had no idea. Wow. Um, so just these little things that were coming up that, uh, you know, it, it was just, it was mind-blowing. It really was. I enjoyed it so much. It was, I was kind of glad to get out of there. I, now I can hardly wait to get back. But um, after four or five days, it's really draining. Yeah. And it really takes a lot out of you, but uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, and there's certainly something to be said for trying new methodology. Uh, you know, I mean, there's going to be some out there you know doesn't work at all. But, I mean, is, uh, we, we've, had, we've had a bit more, because we haven't been able to get together, a bit more workings on um, the metaphysical aspects of things. And that's okay because, you know, it exists. It's just whether, how as, as humans can we harness it, right? And, uh, and that's where it really comes down to. So, wow. and, you know, you can't prove it. You can't. Yeah. There's no way there's of no proving it. I can't prove anything that happens really, like uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. I just know it happened. Yeah, it's just um, yourself. There's a guy. There's a guy named Barry Taff. I don't know if you've heard of him. He was investigated the uh, the uh, the, uh, the movie there. Um, oh my goodness, it's slipping my mind. Um, the one from the, the the entity from the 1970s. Oh yeah. And he was the chief investigator on that case. And uh, he says, by the way, he says, again, like the movie has nothing to do with what actually happened. They've kind of spruced it up a bit. But he said that a lot of it, he believes in his mind, is telekinesis. Right. So when I actually saw that kind of bush move, was it me making that move? And I just, I mean, there's a whole part of our brain we don't really use, yeah. right? And... Uh, I think for us to say that if, if we can't put it into um, scientific terms or if we can't provide the scientific evidence, I think we're kind of thinking small, you know, like I think we need to look at the big picture like, and look beyond and just leave our minds open to the, the possibilities because, you know, anything can happen. And as you know, like I, I'm not and haven't been in the past a very spiritual person when it comes to investigations but um it's starting to open up my mind more and i'm just i'm just leaving it open you know who knows if it's true if it's not if if it's telekinesis if it's paranormal who knows but i think the most important thing about our field is being able to have that open mind and to you know hear what others have to say you know you don't always have to believe them or whatever they say you know or but uh, just keep that open mind and, and try to experience things for yourself that 
you know you wouldn't normally it's uh I love learning. I, I mean, it's all about learning. You've taught me so much, man. Like, I, I can't even begin to tell you the things that you've done to uh, make me, uh, you know, the person that I am today within the paranormal. I mean, you've, uh, I mean, I, I, I just don't have enough thanks to, to tell you. I mean, so, you know, it, it's, you just, you got to keep that open mind. Yeah. Well, cops and chaps have got a long road yet down to go. So, Absolutely. Wes, this has been uh, a fantastic podcast. So I'll be putting this up in the next couple minutes and share the damn hell out of it. And uh, let's uh, take over and open up the world's mind, okay? All right. Thanks, Dave. Peace, bro. Be good. Take care.